0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is believe. Greetings, salutations, and of course hello to all of my friends out there, my unlucky lounge rats. It's good to see that you've walked back this way for a brand new episode of Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast Edition. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this, the Unlucky Lounge, and joining me as always, you know him, you love him, and he's always there when you draw him on turn three, just barely off curve. His name is Borok. sorry Borak, I tried a little something new with the intro there. <laughs> I know you're the 2 2 that's always there for you on turn 2. That's your branding, but not gonna lie, sometimes I draw you on turn 3 and it's just awkward because I have nothing else to fill the curve on turn 2. What's up with that? Oh, whatever, dude. But hey, the holiday season is almost upon us and gifts are coming very soon. We certainly have a gift here in the Unlucky Lounge. Indeed, my bear friend. A gift in the form of a guest. But before we get to that, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at com, or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. And as always, this show, big thank you to all of my listeners. Thanks for joining us on the ride that we call the unlucky lounge and we'd love for you to have that ride extend outwardly from the podcast that means find us on twitter twitch and tiktok draft and draft cory you can find my personal instagram Corey demone enriquez or if this show is giving you some joy think about joining us on patreon patreon.com backslash draft and draft it truly is the lifeblood of us content creators help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, that's enough of the housekeeping and the upkeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet, and it turns out that CFB Vegas is the gift that keeps on giving. This show was always made as a way to bring people together, and to do so here in audio form. And, well, the togetherness continues to ring true here in the giving season as of another phenomenal magic content creator gave us just a little bit of her time and I'm so excited to share some of her keen insights with you here today so without further ado let's make our way back to the featured table area and join Lady Lavinia's cat for an FNP draft. So we're not just a bar we like to think of ourselves as a full-on event space as you can see right over here we've got a really nice assortment of, of different board games if you Kind of take a look, maybe something kind of sticks out to you. I, I I particularly like Monopoly Orzhov Edition. They really extort you.
1: That's one that I've never had the opportunity to play, but I don't know if I want to do anything that involves the Syndicate. I'm going to stay away from that one for now.
0: Fair enough, maybe you might enjoy Betrayal on House Demir in Azorius Hall. I mean that I think there's a little bit of resonance in there.
1: Now that's much more up my alley, but is there anything else left?
0: Uh, I mean this is this is kind of a new one. It's a little decisive. Some people like it, some people don't. Uh, secret layers of Catan.
1: That's the one for me. I love secret layers of Catan. Secret layers, I can never get them. too much of them.
0: Okay. Well, you know, let's do that. No Borok. You suggest that every time we're not going to be playing Bear Bingo.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! I mean, there's some really fun things that can happen in, in ba- bingo.
0: I mean, I'm I'm sure you could, but I I've seen it happen before, and the the prizes can be can get really weird.
1: Really weird is exactly what I'm doing here in this tavern. Let's give it a go. Uh,
0: okay. Uh. Well, Borak, you know what to do. Go ahead and get things set up. <gasps> yeah, you got it, buddy. Enjoy. Well, as Borak is getting Bear Bingo set up in the other room, uh, we have another surprise guest here in the Unlucky Lounge. Two weeks in a row, we have some phenomenal fellow content creators that are joining us here in our fantastic tavern. And I am so pleased to welcome to the show fellow content creator, uh, a Twitch streaming extraordinaire known as Lady Lavinius, also known as Cat. Cat, welcome to the Unlucky Lounge and Draft and Draft. Great to have you.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. I mean, this is my first time here and I'm very excited.
0: Crazy coincidence that we kind of ended up running into each other. I've I, I put your stream on in the background sometimes while I'm working on different things. And the fact that you were just randomly at a meal that we were both having during the CFP Vegas event, it's this weird kind of kismatic type situation. And I was like, I'm gonna eat with Lady Lavinius.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's funny enough, I almost didn't go to that exact dinner. So it just happened to be that it worked out and now here I am.
0: You know, I'll take it. And I I can say that both of us went to task because we share quite a fandom of a, a really great TV show called Taskmaster. Before we jump into some magic stuff, I actually never got to ask you, where did you first discover this show?
1: Um, I think it was a friend of mine recommended me and I said, I'll just watch a one episode. And I, I think I watched seven straight. <laughs> I really loved it. And you know, that type of puzzle solving, Magic the Gathering D&D, like it's, it's about the same type of thing. I, I clicked
0: immediately. It overlaps most assuredly. I actually first learned about it on another limited podcast. Maybe you've heard of limited resources before. Yes, they actually I mentioned it, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> But my Unlucky Lounge Rats, I highly recommend, go on YouTube, search it up, Taskmaster, but that's aside from the point. We're here to talk about Magic the Gathering, and we're here to get to know about you and your relationship with the game. So let's start with the origin story. Any good hero such as yourself uh, for the uh, Azoria Senate has a story of how they got into Magic the Gathering. What's your origin story?
1: So I actually have a pretty good origin story. I, uh was working at a video game slash uh, board game store, um, very small one. And it was my job to set up some of the new, it's called Magic the Gathering packs that had just come out. And uh, one of them was for the new set, New Phyrexia. And I was like, okay. And as part of the thing, I had to open a pack and put out the, the wrapper, you know, for everyone to see and my boss said you can have this and so i opened it up and it had a karn liberated in it as my Ooh. very first pack
0: that i ever whoa. Opened. that's a fire open i there there's a lot of punch lines that could have come from that maybe one of the praetors maybe batter skull but karn wow okay karn. Well, that's mm-hmm. pretty nice
1: i still have him every even now and uh it's one of my favorite planeswalkers
0: Karn is quite a fun character, especially just being so unique. And from New Phyrexia, quite a powerful set, too, to start off with Phyrexian mana. Yeah. When you were beginning, what format would you say really kind of piqued your interest? Because this was still kind of, I would say, the young days of Commander, where most people are coming into the game with that. Maybe back then you had a different format that you played.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I. I put together a Rakdos Black Red Vampire deck. Um, It was a hodgepodge of cards that I didn't really know what was going on. I even threw Karn in there just because I had them. And uh, I, you know, I started to play, but I didn't get into Commander until much later. I I started going to little bit of pre-releases and growing my collection very slowly and just holding that little Rakdos deck. Um, Mm -hmm. It took me a while to to build up before I started to, to deviate into more uh constructed formats.
0: And today I know that you do a lot on your stream. One thing I always love watching, of course, with the podcast being what it is, <laughs> is drafting and limited. Is there a format that really just kind of holds your heart the most today?
1: Oh I I am very pulled in multiple directions. <laughs> I I love limited. That's something that I do play pretty often on my stream. Um, and focus on, but uh, I am a commander player. I do love the RNG of a hundred cards that are completely different. Um, and I focus a lot on constructed jank on my stream. So mostly in historic because that has the most amount of cards on arena. So I can uh, really mix and match to find the weird combos, the really weird fun interactions that, you know, you wouldn't see normally. And that's that's what I try to challenge myself a little bit that way.
0: And Kat, what I really love about your statement there is you really mentioned that RNG element. Because mm-hmm. to me, Magic is such a beautiful game, not because we can have a consistent game plan every time, but rather what kind of things can happen when you interact with another battlefield or have that 100 card singleton format. To me, I love that you mentioned that because RNG is truly what Magic is all about to me.
1: Yeah, it's it, that's absolutely something that I love. I mean, coin flips, dice rolling, anything that's just finding things off the top randomly that's that's really i just like the uh the thrill of not knowing what the outcome will be
0: to me i think one of the best inventions that dr richard garfield ever made was the draw step you know he was out there in a wild frontier of nothing so there's nothing to say that you have to draw a card every turn but he came up with it as this element of introducing a new game piece every turn which to me just fascinates me how someone can come up with that. Truly a reason why this game, I think, has withstood the test of time. Things that we take advantage of, a draw step, and let's face it, today the best mechanic in Magic is just drawing cards.
1: Drawing cards is really strong. There's actually a new card that skips the draw step, and that makes me so sad.
0: (laughs) Which card are you referring to?
1: Uh, There is a new, I don't remember the exact name, but it's an it card that says you do not just... Uh, draw instead. You exile the top two, and then you can play them this
0: turn. Oh, the legends! The legends! The new gotcha. legendary creature. Yes, that. I mean, I like the the chaotic variants of impulsive draw, but I get what you're saying. In a career of a planeswalker, there are certain moments that always stick with you. I'll always remember the day that the swamp dried out, and I was at GP Minneapolis. Zendikar original, and they made the announcement over the speaker that they had run out of swamps. So if you had to play swamps, you had to figure it out yourself, because the, the site didn't have any. <laughs> I'm wondering if you have any stories that either celebrate your planes walking, playing of the game, or maybe just some kind of really fun interaction that always stays true to your heart.
1: Yes. I have one of my favorite stories. Um, there was a couple years ago, I was at PAX Unplugged, and um i had been talking and playing a chaos draft with adam from loading ready runs a friend Mm. of mine and um we were playing the game and i went one one and one which is is fine it was i didn't pull very good cards but adam being who he is went 3-0 um and before i was still in my final game uh, he dropped off, he said he had 30 tickets and he didn't have time because he has to clean up the Loading Ready Run booth, so he just gave them to me and it just left. And the whole con was closing down for the night, um, so you had to redeem the prize tickets immediately. So I couldn't go and try to find him, and I don't think he realized how much 30 tickets is a it, worth in a prize um, wall, but it, it is a lot. And so I was able with that to there was a box topper it was a um um i think it was a Monorizons box topper and you can get it for 30 tickets and for me that was not something that i was ever going to get on myself um i wasn't going to buy a, a very expensive box so i said you know let me have this experience and open it up and uh so i did it and then I opened it up, but I actually got a Baleful Dragon, which was one of the least Ooh. valuable cards in the set, unfortunately, of, yeah. of, of all the box hoppers. So I was really disappointed that I kind of like squandered how you know kind that he was. However, there was a person near me that heard me kind of just being sad and said, hey, I actually want that Baleful Dragon for a deck of mine. I have this box of Unstable That I have that I just got, and I don't want to take it on the plane with me. Will you trade me? And I said, you know, I that box is worth more than this cart. And they said, that's okay. Merry Christmas. And they handed me the box and traded it for me. And I got to go home with an entire sealed box of Unstable that I can then play with my friends and have a good time. And it just it made me so happy that not only was one one person of the Magic community so giving, there was another entire stranger was that giving and just that kind to me. Um, And it really just, like I I went home, I was like almost crying on just happiness and like how um, awesome that this community is.
0: That's stunning. I, I love that kind of community element and people being so generous, I've experienced that numerous times. As well at these magic events but to the person that gave you that box i can kind of relate because getting those things through security and not putting (laughs) in checked bags is a nightmare have you ever run into that one where you try to go to security and they have to take it out and open the box up and all that Um, jazz
1: when i went to to vegas was the first time i brought magic gathering cards on a plane and i Mm. did get stopped by security but the person doing it saw it immediately was like what commander are you playing? They knew that it was magic and they said, you know, you're good. And they moved me along and we just talked magic briefly. But so I didn't have any problems, thankfully.
0: One thing, too, that you engage in with magic is that you as well are a cosplayer. Mm-hmm. You do some really wonderful cosplay designs. You shared a few with me. And you also had some moments where you got to kind of see Strixhaven before mm-hmm. Strixhaven.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, when Strixhaven was coming out, Wizards um, reached out to me and uh, my friend Zaburkus, and uh, they wanted us to form uh, a bunch of cosplayers to create cosplays of that are along lines with Strixhaven. We got to see the whole set um, ahead of time and look at some of the art and the cards. Obviously, we couldn't say anything for them, but um, we made it so that all of us were doing, um, you know, Silver Quill, uh, Quandrix, Prismari, all the girls uh, set up to have different houses. And uh, I got to be Silver Quill and it was one of my favorite things I got to do.
0: That's awesome. And also if you ever get a chance to look at her socials, My lucky Loundrats, check out that Silver Quill. It's really sharp. (laughs) I love, I love the, the, I guess you'd call them rhombus-esque shapes, maybe, or quadrilateral. I, in any case, it, it came together quite nicely. But I do have to ask, you were asked to put together Silver Quill. Do you find yourself aligned with the Silver Quill house?
1: Uh, to an extent. Okay, so I have always been an Orzov fan. I'm an Orzov girl at heart. Um, but Silver Quill is more... Poetry and words. And sometimes I just kind of stumble on my words and go bleh. So uh, it's probably the closest, but I think I'm more a Prismari person on where I'm very acting and very uh, have no fear on uh, being a little bit more entertaining.
0: (laughs) Then you and I would have gone to the same college. I'm definitely Uh, all about that Prismari life. mm -hmm. It was nice, too, that those are probably the top two draft archetypes of that format. But Mm -hmm. Neither here nor there. Uh, Last question I want to ask you, before we kind of dip into our draft here, because it's Friday night and we got to get some magic in here before bear bingo. If you could have any external property come into magic, we're in a world of magic universes and beyond, is there some kind of property that you would love to see make its way onto a magic card?
1: I'm a little biased in this, but I know my exact answer. Um, I am a big Star Trek fan. So I'm thinking magic has a lot of miss on space. There's not, you know, I'm excited for the new Unset that has a lot of space, uh, infinity. So uh, I might get my wish sooner than I thought, but we'll see.
0: Oh, if that was their crossover, I would be there. We have to do something with Star Trek someday because you and I are right there. I'm going to put you on the spot. Best Star Trek series of all time, go.
1: Okay, uh, easy. I mean, it's uh, it's next generation. I I personally love the next generation the most. I've talked about it before, but uh, Picard's my favorite captain, I think, out of everyone. He has the, he's the only one that gives that he's friends with the crew, but he also demands authority from their crew in a m- much more balanced way than I think any
0: other captain is. Solid answer. I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be a little hipster. Uh, Deep Space Nine has my heart, but I gotta say, I would re-watch Lower Decks till I'm done with life. Uh, Star Trek Lower Decks has been a real joy for me, uh, but you know what's not gonna be Lower Decks is gonna be the deck that we draft tonight here in Friday Night Podcast. I know, elegant segue, am I right? We're gonna fire up a, a premiere draft here in Crimson Bile, but. We have a tradition here in the Unlucky Lounge, and I'd love for you to join us in this one, Kat. So Mm -hmm. all of my friends listening, grab a drink, grab a snack, maybe even crack a pack. It's time for us to celebrate all the great that you are. Friends, this is the Untapped Step. Cheers, Kat. Thanks for joining us on the show this week. Cheers. Let's dip into some Crimson Vow, shall we? I know you've engaged with the set, so I want to know not in particular how you feel about the set, but how do you feel about the set from day one to today? My view changed? on the set
1: has changed dramatically, dramatically. I, When I did my set review, I underestimated blood tokens full and right now, after playing countlessly, I will pick them up as much as I possibly can now.
0: Fair points. Now, in the last cast, too, our, our fellow friend, uh, Air Bubbles Cosplay, she calls Shotted the rare that we opened here in Pick One, Pack One. So I want, yeah, she, she call shotted a Dreadfast Demon. Wow. Why don't you call shot something for us here before we press ready here?
1: Oh, that that's such a hard, okay. um, There's so many options. Uh, You know what? I want an Averbrook. Just give me an Averbrook. Do it.
0: Averbrook Caretaker. It. A Let's nothing.
1: go. Do it right off the top.
0: Let's do it. Oh, well, it's not oh quite Averbrook Caretaker.
1: <laughs> you know what? Second best. I'll take it.
0: This is Toxrol the Corrosive, friends. Wow. It's got a whole paragraph of text, but basically it kills all your opponent's creature, makes a bunch of slugs, and sacrifices the slugs to draw a card. 7-7 seven, seven for 7. I have not actually had a chance to play with this card yet. And I am a little elated at what this card is going to do for us. Or not. I don't care, but we're gonna take it anyway.
1: Yes, this that card is a bomb amongst bombs. It's actually I. I might say that it's stronger than Averbrook. Um, That, it just runs away at the games if it's not immediately removed. And wow, what a first pick. Okay.
0: I'm going to hot take with you on this one. I actually, I've beaten Averbrook Caretaker a number of times, Mm -hmm. like either off of stopping the transform or going wide enough. And yeah, I think this card is just very hard to beat because board stalls just happen all the time with creatures on both sides. So yeah, Toxel is great. Maybe we can table a Ragged Recluse or an Innocent Traveler staying in black but let's go into pick two of pack one we see the black rare here it's graph favor the three three for one to black i personally have not been a big fan of this card over time i'd be very happy to not take it at the uncommon slot we have gutter skulker and a vampire's vengeance uh two solid uncommons i'm still looking at black here with a gluttonous guess in the pack we could also take a, a pretty decent bit of removal in fierce retribution a couple of different directions we can take this right now cat where are you feeling
1: um, I'm right there with you. I think that, um, I mean, Gluttonous Guest is always a solid choice, again, with that, uh, you know, the, the tokens that you can get, but I think I want to stay probably in black for a little while longer. I don't see anything that's directly pulling me. Um, the, you know, the Stalker is good. Uh, Demir is very strong in the set, so I, I'm, I'm okay with just staying with the Gluttonous Guest, just like you said.
0: Plus, I don't feel like we need to be demure with Toxtral. We can just be black and then some other color. And I am not against splashing in this set, especially with a pretty solid green base. If we end up somewhere there and have a volume Wilds or two, I'm fine oh. with that. Yeah, pick three of pack one. Not looking as exciting. There's a Dread Fugue. There's Demonic Bargain, which apparently has the worst win rate on 17 lands of rares in the format. It's terrible. Uh, uh, there's no real blue to speak of to go with the Tox Roll. Best cards I'm seeing right now in the pack are Parish Blade Trainee, Vampire's Vengeance, which has done a little bit of work against me in the past. There is a Ceremony the Knife if we want to stay open in our colors. Uh, this is kind of a tough one here to navigate, Kat.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, there's nothing that's really I'm caring that much about. I have the Geis is okay. There's I, don't know, I There's nothing really that I care about, so.
0: I think I'm going to pick up this Vampire's Vengeance if only, like, we probably won't play it, but at least it works nicely with us trying to get to an endgame, so it can provide for us uh, a release for certain matchups in best of one. Uh, mm. Pick four, pack one. Again, kind of weak on the black side. The only black card is dying to serve. And I do see a Reckless Impulse, which works nice with the Vampire's Vengeance, at least in the color scheme of what we have. If we're talking just raw power level, there's a twin blade beast in this pack, the 1-1 one, one, Double Strike Disturb creature for two. There's also a Wolf Strike for removal. I know that there's not much black showing, but I think we just really have to make this talk show work. If I'm willing to go square peg and round hole in this one, I will, but so. w- where are you at?
1: I think so. Green is looking pretty open, but I do like the Geist. I think that double strike is really prevalent in the set, especially if you have flyers.
0: Yeah, I'm down for some Geist. If, if anything, it is two spells and you can't really argue with a card that you know can flash back. Uh, pick five, pack one. Uh, In white or black, there really are not many options. There's a Mind Leech Ghoul and a Resistance Squad. I'm not even going to talk about Supernatural Rescue because that doesn't really feel like a magic card to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see, again, green is kind of open. This feels a bit just like a weak pack. There's a Belligerent Guest, the 3-2 Trampler for 2 to Red that makes blood tokens on combat damage. I'm kind of leaning a little bit more towards the Mind Leech Ghoul if only for a Curve Filler and potentially just staying in black and trying to send the best signals for pack 2. Where are you at?
1: Uh, I think that getting the ghoul to, to signal black is, you know, kind of taken. Um, it'd be pretty pretty good here, and we can always then sacrifice our um, our geist if we need to, just to get that double strike to something else.
0: Yeah, I really want to see if I can cement in a black signal for us going into pack two, just so we can try to get a little bit more in the equity. Oh, this this pack isn't too bad in the realm of black with Blood Fountain and rot tiger Gargantua. I'm not sad at taking one of those cards. Besides that, power level-wise, there's the Hookhand Mariner, the 4-4 four, four, for 3 and a green, transforms into a 6-4. Bear's Blade Trainee is still in the pack, but I don't think we're the kind of deck that wants to tap sideways. I'm willing to go with Blood Fountain, at least with the Blood Next guess that we have, and then we can get some equity in the long game.
1: Yeah, I think that the Blood Fountain is is, is a pretty solid choice. I'm very confused that the Mariner is pick 6 already. Um, I I think that is you know pick 2-4 um, easily, so that makes me question if you know how how much green is open
0: it has kind of shown that it's been open and well there's another one in a row here i mean we can just scoop it up now but the signals are being sent we could also take a lacerate flesh uh, mm -hmm. if if need be i it's it's rough i'll i'll agree like maybe that's a wolf strike that was opposite of vampire's vengeance might have been a better pick uh or maybe it's opposite the twin blade geese i don't know Uh, but yeah, this is kind of like a, we can just take a mariner. We're not really sold into any of the colors. Mm -hmm. The person to our left just isn't going to be in green.
1: That's what I think is that they're not. And there's, I mean, that also is the, um, apprentice is still there and that's a a solid, solid card as well. So yeah, really interesting.
0: Excellent point. Well, pick eight is really showing us that blue, Mm -hmm. white, and well, I guess a little bit of a multicolor Markov is available here. Uh, this really feels a bit weak for a pack, I think we're just gonna take up, say, a S-wald Shield Basher, just for colors, to so t- try to pair up some things and make some playables. As we go to pick nine, we did table the Innocent Traveler.
1: Ooh.
0: That's not That's bad. Been,
1: yeah, I, I have, it's been really, really good for me, so, um, definitely a pick for me, yep.
0: Nice. In pick 10, we're kinda getting to Garbage Time, but there's Grizzly Ritual, Lightning Wolf. Uh, well, I'm willing to take the, the ritual if only for weak removal. Like, there's not much else going on in this pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go to garbage time here as we pick up, ooh, nice little fugue I'll take it if need be, but I don't think we're a ceremonial knife kind of deck. No. Going to pack two, what are you looking for? What would you like to kind of see out of the pack to bring it all together?
1: Um, I am going to be looking for some solid removal at this point. Um, I think that it's been kind of focused on early on from um, whoever's at our table and uh, just been taken really quickly so i i want to w- make sure that you know in pack two that i'm not just lost in the uh, removal game
0: yeah i think that's fair i'd also like to see a signal that we can make black work but i think we're gonna have to make it work regardless honestly mm-hmm. we oh. see a pretty decent black rare here in uh pick one of pack two in bolder bloodcaster 2-1 flyer we need another creature dies make a blood token and then you have five blood tokens transforms into a thing that can make blood tokens into bats mm-hmm. yeah nice curve filler for what we have and making blood tokens besides that there's really not much to speak of in this pack. No good removal. Maybe if we end up in this white package, a tabled Courier Bat with some life gain might work out, but I'm pretty happy to snap up this Bloodcaster. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, just, I just think I, the card's very good.
1: I, I agree. I mean, I told you before that I love the Blood Tokens, and uh, that card is one of the nicer ones um, to make the Blood Tokens work.
0: Uh, agree. Let's go to our pick two of pack two. The rare cell in the pack being Howling Moon. I honestly, like I every time I see this on the opposite, opposite side of the battlefield, I think to myself, I can easily play around this card and yeah. I'm not too concerned. Uh, there's also in consideration here, Wolf Strike as a bit of removal. We have a Blood Social Socialite, which I do love. Pointed Discussion as a card draw spell. Uh, for white, not too much to speak of. There's also a lamb and Tor, the 2-4 that transforms into a 4-4, deals some damage off non-creatures. I'm leaning a little bit more towards either socialite or wolf strike. Uh, how are you feeling, Kat?
1: Um, I am leaning probably towards the socialite because now that we picked up uh, the Bloodseeker, I want to be able to use some of those blood tokens. If they're not transforming into bats, we want them to be used for other things.
0: Yeah, and a 5-5 menace Peter on turn four is just... Yeah, it's real good, I, I enjoy it. Uh, pick three. Oh, okay. Oh. So yeah, this is, uh, I we have the rare. It, the 04 Defender for one black is Concealing Curtains, then you can transform it for two to black and you get kind of a Vendelian click effect, look at the opponent's hand, discard a card from it, and then they draw a card. Really nice little pickup there. Uh, there is also a Rekindling Flame, but our red signals haven't been that good in general. I think we just take this pretty solid defensive rare and help us work towards talks a little bit.
1: I think so too, and uh, I mean, the curtains has done so much work for me um, hmm. before when I when I transform it. you I mean, you take the best thing in an opponent's hand. They do get to get a card, but I mean, a 3-4 with Menace is also nothing to scoff at. Does
0: this make you kind of feel like a magician, and you're like, ta-da, there goes your best ta-da. card? <laughs> ta-da,
1: too bad. <laughs>
0: Pick four. For black cards, there is a single black card in Gift of Fangs. It's removal, it's fine, it's okay removal. I'm not too over the moon by it. There's a Flame, blessed Bolt. This is a tricky one.
1: This is a tricky one. Um, I mean, the red looks pretty decent here. I actually kind of like the Gift of Fangs for the removal um, as well as because we already have a decent amount of vampires and hopefully, you know, with all of the blood tokens, we're going to be picking up even more.
0: Yeah, and I like that we, get, uh, we can continue to signal strongly into black. As now we see some other signals into other colors. There's a second hand mariner we could pick up. There is a falconrath celebrant, the 4-4 menace, uh, great blood producer making two blood as it enters the battlefield. There's this gutter skull curve. I think the blue ship might have passed at this point. I'm kind of leaning between those two big creatures. I kind of want to pick up the Mariner with the way the signals have been going, but I'd also be willing to take the Celebrants too.
1: Um, I think both are uh, pretty good. I, I don't really have a, both are about even for me on um, interest, <laughs> I guess.
0: Yeah, well, I'm gonna pick up the Celebrants if only because I think maybe blood or, we well, can play a Vampire's Vengeance as a bad removal spell if we need to. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, pick six, we see an uncommon Magma Pummeler. Complicated card. How do you feel? I feel like it's just kind of like a bad pitch for double sometimes.
1: I think that the double red might be a little bit much, um, unless we like are guaranteed like that's that's putting us in as our second color. I love the farmer as well as the last rate flesh is there. Um yes. and I think we need the removal, so it's one of the other.
0: Let's go with the last rate flesh just as a way to interact with the board. I think that's a little bit safer of a pick, at least how I feel. Uh pick seven. Uh, we see a handful of white cards, none of which really seem to work well with what we want to do as a deck uh there's a lightning wolf there is another grizzly ritual i want to play no grizzly rituals but i'm willing to play lightning wolf
1: yeah i think lightning wolf is fine for a 4 drop spot
0: i really appreciate what that card does in the green red wolf deck it gives you an activated ability to actually give you some leverage to transform i've i've been more happy with that card as time's gone on going into pick eight another last-rate flesh another lightning wolf or an undying malice which i i've had to s- have some work as long as our opponent doesn't get one of those removal uh, exile spells out there, it's pretty nice. I don't want to play two last rate flush though, I, I feel pretty bad about that.
1: Okay, um, I mean, the Undying Miles is fine. I also see the uh, cell, uh, the haste celebrants for our through drop. That's kind of our through drop is a little weak right now, so that's something to consider.
0: I, now we get our table pack. We see a F- Kessig Flame Breather, I think it's just a curve filler, it's not great, but yeah. uh, we could take a ceremonial knife if we wanted to, just produce a little more blood.
1: I think that's fine. Um, I don't think we have enough uh, instant sorceries that I would be, like,
0: fine. But we did table pointed discussion, which is a nice little pickup. I mean, there's also a fearful villager, but I just want the card draw. I think the sure. way our deck is winning is just getting into Tontrol here. So we're going to wrap up this pack here. Oh, well, okay. There's still a frenzy devils in this pack alongside a casting flame breather. I, I guess we'll just take a devils. I don't know. I, I feel like yeah. a little bit more they're... rare of an effect. Yeah, they're pretty uh, comparable. Mark of retribution if we have enough vampires table out of this.
1: Not That's bad. a good pickup. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, not bad. So I guess that kind of signals to me, I really want to get some vampires here in pack three. What what else is your heart telling you that, you, that we want to pick up?
1: Um, I mean, I want to uh, get as much, you know, in elements for the blood tokens as I possibly can. And again, we're a little rem- weak on the, uh, the mid early removal. So um, I'm going to be looking for some interesting cards that will fill those spots.
0: Well, how, can I interest you in a ballista watcher a little four three for four action that transforms to a five five and ends up as a pinger? Not too not too bad. There's also I an think, undead butler.
1: Yeah, I think uh, both are. I think I would rather have the uh, um, the pinger just because uh, I think we're solidly in red now. I think that's that's pretty okay. Um, and even though it's double red we're you know we're not splashing, so it, its it's okay at this point.
0: And can we just attest to another uncommon in the pack? Poor Skulking Killer. What a what a miss of a card. i every time it gets me, I feel bad, and I'm never able to get anybody off of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's just
0: <laughs> well, I think our black signals are starting to come around a little bit here in mm-hmm. pick two of pack three. There's a Falcon Wrath the three-one for two and a black flying, can't block when it deals combat damage to a player, make a blood token, they pay a black, sack two blood tokens, and then you return it from the graveyard to the battlefield. You wanted a way for us to take advantage of our blood tokens, and it's another vampire pickup for that late Markov Retribution that we got in pack two.
1: And also on our 3 job spot, so a uh, really good pickup for, for us.
0: We're going to pick up that four forebear go to pick three of pack three. Uh, oh. The rare is still there, which is the E-Truth. That's the...
1: that's the one I was talking about earlier.
0: I'm see, There's some prophecy there. I just couldn't I figure out what the name know. of it was because it's really weird. E-Truth? E-Ruth. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. adding T's where there's not any. uh right now there's two there's three cards really possibility a Blood Craze socialite number two, Diagraph Scavenger, or another mind leech ghoul. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to lean towards the vampires since we've got a few synergies, but we do need more in our two-drop slot.
1: We do, mm-hmm. and I'm a little worried about that. Um, I don't think the scavenger is gonna come back around since the bat did not wheel. Um, so that someone's focused on pretty much life gain. So we'll probably just say goodbye to that, but we'll have a nice two-drop.
0: Yep, I would agree with that statement. Going to pick four, pack three. The, there's an evolving wild. I, I'm, you're ooing right now. What, what are you ooing about? Because I, I see
1: about the curse. The curse has has done so much work for me and my opponents. Um, the fact that it just gives everything trample, um, and then you can just play whatever opponent has. I've it, it runs away with games when you're just top decking or early game.
0: I have not seen this card on the battlefield yet. Should we try uh-huh. it? I've I've not seen it, legit. Really? Yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can fill in our two-drop slot a little bit more now with this Blood Petal Celebrant. I think that's pretty good. But there's also Blood Crease Socialite, which is just a really solid, powerful card, and an Edgar's Awakening to go with our blood tokens. Tricky thing, but I think right now for consistency and for the vampires, I either want to take the second Socialite or the Blood Petal Celebrant. I'm leaning towards to Celebrant.
1: Oh, I'm leaning 100% Celebrant. Celebrant is one of the stronger picks that you can have if you're in Rakdos.
0: tend to agree. Glad to find it. Pick 6, Black Red boils down to a Fearful Villager or a Lightning Wolf. We'll just take the the Villager. We've already got a Lightning Wolf and it's a bit of a whiff of a pack, but here in pick 7 of pack 3, we do see a Voldaren Epicure. The one drop darling that most people agree is kind of like that Revolution. People look at it initially, the 1-1 one, one for one red, and the battlefield, deals damage to each opponent, then you create a blood token. I'm pretty happy with that.
1: Yeah, I originally just kind of, you know, set it out. I don't care about it in the review, but it has, it's a lot stronger than it looks.
0: Uh, agree. As we go to pick eight, not much to speak of here. Aim for the head, Vampire's Kiss, another Lightning Wolf. We've got our playables already sorted out, which is nice, but I guess we'll just take up uh, a name for the head if anything, but we'll probably not end up playing any of it. Let's see if we table anything here. Pick nine. Oh boy, we tabled the Stalking Killer. Feels so good. Oh good. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, we'll take it if only because I wanna get some extra wild cards, folks. Uh, we'll take a short strike here and pick 10. As we're going into garbage time here, it looks like we're not gonna end up picking up quite a bit of anything. But, oh, we tabled the Ridge Wolf. I'll take a two drop. Maybe we'll end up playing it, who knows. So we're gonna take a quick break, all of my unlucky lounge rats, and sort out this little draft deck that we put together here. Go ahead, refresh your drinks, and we'll see you back here in just a moment. Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you've refreshed, refueled, Good to see that you've returned. As we break down this black-red deck that started off with perhaps the best mythic in the format in Roll. it's quite arguable. And then we kind of found our way into perhaps the best color pairing in the format cat, that is black-red. Would you agree with that at this moment?
1: I would. I think black-red and probably black-white are two of the strongest color combinations in the format.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the black-white because that, like starting to play that deck, really gave me a pivot point in the format, just purely based off of Traveling Minister and being able to put together common curves and not just lose to Dreadfast Demons over and over again. But I digress. Let's talk about this deck, where I, I think our weakest point is our lack of solid removal. But even despite that, we've got a pretty decent uh, power level with Ballista Watcher, Toxroll, as we mentioned, the Curse of Hospitality, which you know, we mentioned briefly during drafting, but I'd love to hear a little bit more of your insights on this rare.
1: Well, Curse is shown to be extremely powerful in both limited and constructed, which you know a lot of limited cards we, we know don't have that ability to move right over to constructed. But uh, this Curse, in my opinion, when I was doing the review, is probably the strongest curse that Wizards has ever printed to date. Um, it's just super versatile, it's easy to play, and giving all attacking uh, creatures Trample, that that's great for a 1v1 and even in more insane in multiplayer.
0: And the point that I really love that you made is the presence of our Menace creatures in our deck, which includes the Concealing Curtain and the Fearful Bilzer, Villager, gives this card a little bit more ground to stand on, especially if we get to a combat situation with the Surge Strike that we have in our deck, you know, it's going to do some decent work and potentially can get us some card advantage.
1: Yeah, and hopefully if we, you know, get uh, the drill going, Toxtril also goes wide by itself. So hopefully we'll be able to use some of those tiny little tokens that they gave from their dying creatures to be able to give us even more fuel to use against them.
0: The bottom cards that we ended up cutting from the deck include the Dread Fugue, which I've talked in a positive light before, I think is just not really for our deck. Frenzy Devils, which is not again a card that we typically in the black red deck want to play, especially a deck like ours that doesn't have quite the removal package that you can put together with Flame Blast Bolts, Uh, Lightning Wolf. While I like it, does not need to be played. Better in the green red deck, and I think we can collectively have a sigh of relief that we don't have to play Sculking Killer.
1: Thank goodness. I'm good. Thank goodness.
0: (laughs) I, I when I have to play it. Granted, it's close because we are playing that Mark Art Retribution. I want more vampires, but I almost feel like a middle school kid that was dreaming about doing a book report with his underpants off in that book report when I have to play that card in my main deck. So I'm, I'm glad that I can avoid that little nightmare scenario.
1: Yeah, I'm same same thought process.
0: Oh, you you have those dreams too still? Yeah. Oh, it, perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This there's a reason why I've moved. Yeah, I've moved to melatonin a lot, if only to try to avoid that dream as most, but most I can. Also, we mentioned it before. Can we agree that in Curse of Hospitality, that is Little Red Riding Hood in the art of the card?
1: Oh, I I really hope not. That's terrifying. Um. Uh, oh no. It kind of makes I, sense I, in I the lore. I can't see it now. I can't unsee it.
0: I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> Well, with all that in mind, we've got our deck together, and let's see how we can make it work as we drop into our best-of-one queue here with our guest, cat. This
1: hand might be a little rough, though.
0: Yes, this is a hand that will not get us there. Two mountains and a bunch of cards that we cannot cast. So it's a pretty easy mulligan. And, well, we end up with three swamps and a handful of medium cards. Including Hungry Ridge Wolf, Mark of Retribution. There's a Blood Crate Socialite and a Blood Fountain. I think we do have to keep this, though, for what oh, it's no. worth.
1: I think it'll be okay, because we'll have the Blood Fountain. That'll give us the Blood Token. So if we need to, you know, kind of get into more things to find a uh, mountain, we can.
0: Yep, and I think we're going to throw back the Mark Retribution. It's too situational of a card with, with a four-drop Vampire that we have in the deck. Good news is our opponent also Mulliganed, uh, going down to six. So i will give us a little bit more time here as we roll out our Blood Fountain on turn one. And we'll probably end up sacking that relatively quickly. But you know what? We're just going to draw a mountain right now and it'll be totally fine. <sighs> well, it's not, not, it's not quite a mountain, but it's a two-drop we can play out. One of our Mind Leech rules enters our hand and we get a two-two onto the battlefield. Uh, as our opponent has also played a Swamp in their turn one. And now they're going into... An island looks like we're gonna play a little bit of ooh a little bit of the matchup of Demir mm-hmm. that you mentioned before and now they play a wretched throng I love this card so much in this format mm-hmm. boy I love me some wretched throng we did draw our mountain though so we've got some rights here to, to ground I'm debating actually attacking with the mind leech Ghoul, having the blood fountain but I feel like that's just a little bit too renegade right now especially because we got a socialite that we can maybe force a bad a uh, block with
1: yeah, I think right now we just relax. Um, I mean, we have uh, a lot of things that we can do. Uh, you, you knew that they were gonna get, we were gonna get a mountain. You just set it, and it was slightly delayed. The deck was like, "All right, I'll, I'll process it."
0: You just have to put it in the aether here in the unlucky lounge and ask, and you shall receive is one of our, our credos. They get their second island uh, going into their turn three, and they are gonna pass it through. A little suspicious of removal here. And ooh, we did draw our Falconrath Forebearer here. Not too shabby, but the question is, right now our opponent is showing that they probably have a Syncopate. Syncopate, I was gonna say. Which card do we n- want not to get removed? And I think it's the Forebearer that we just drew because it has such inevitability.
1: Yeah, you can get that back pretty easily. and We already have halfway to getting it back, so I, I would rather toss out the Forebearer. It's also something that has to get re- uh, to deal, be dealt with because it does have flying.
0: And to to be clear you want to throw the socialite out on the stack to get that counter to save it for the forebear correct
1: i would like to play the forebear into their syncopate and then get it
0: back ah. later well we can't because it exiles with syncopate
1: syncopate does exile that's correct well i mean it's up to you then
0: oh boy well i'm gonna oh, go with the socialite go for it uh, if they if they've got uh sure. siphon insights that that'll be fine with our blood fountain if it is Siphon Insight, okay, it's it was syncopate. a syncopate. It was I a forgot syncopate. It,
1: exiles.
0: it does. There's just so many random things that exile between Bleed Dry and Flame Blessed Bolt and syncopate. You, d- you just got to know, especially having that Blood Fountain. I, I want to make sure I've got my things. Well, they pass through after having played their third island. We draw a Fearful Villager. You know, yep. I think we just keep with the plan that we've been having. Let- let's run into their counter spells and see if we can stick the Forbearer and let that be the way we win the game. So let's roll out this fearful villager as they are thinking. In fact, all right. So it did resolve, which is good news. Uh, we could potentially swing with the ridge wolf it and try to
1: ridge wolf on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to swing with both right now because we're starting to run out of things to do with our mana anyway. And they're going to chill to the grave the ridge wolf. That's not too bad considering we get that out of their hand. And I'm going to crack with the ghoul now if they want their plan to be in the next turn. And just play a wretched throng. It might open the window for our four river. Yeah. And even if they do trade, we do have a Blood Fountain to get us back some of that value we're going to lose with them getting an extra Wretched Throng from their Death Trigger. And they play another Chill to the Grave. Okay, so now they're going to tap down our Fearful Villager. Uh, I mean, respect, they're going to really keep our board locked down, and they get to do two card draws in a row. But uh, we will trade our Mind pool School for their Wretched Throng. They'll probably get another one here. But we still have the forebear in our hand. Hopefully that'll open up enough of a window for us to try to stick a, a pretty solid rare and try to inch some kind of advantage out. And eventually we will get our two different creatures back to the battlefield as they play a Persistent Specimen. How do you feel about this card, Kat? I've liked it a little bit more over time.
1: Uh, I I mean, I love the specimen if you're specifically in Demir, That's I think the only Place that I really want to see it because of the amount of exploit that uh, is in the set and exactly what they're doing.
0: That's true, they just played a Stitched Assistant, be able to sack that Persistent Specimen, draw a card, but they did open the window for us to be able to resolve the forebear without it being exiled, which is mm-hmm. great news for us as they play their fifth land and Island and we go to our turn and we draw another Mountain, which we'll easily keep in our hand for some of our Blood Token Equity that hopefully we can garner here. Pass it through, go to their turn, as they are now on five mana. You know, our board state could be worse considering a Mulligan of six, but they have gained a lot of card advantage in this game. And I'm just hoping that this four bear can make it there alongside the blood fountains to get us back a little bit more of that card equity. And maybe if we can get a few blood tokens, we can let this extra land in our hand ride for a bit. Uh,
1: I, I would tend to agree. Um, as a note though, Demir is uh, a lot you know, play things on your opponent's turn. So, um, because we have you know the day to night cycle going, it makes them forced to have to at least play one thing and not and not just hold all their mana up like they usually did.
0: Especially because we've got that Fearful Villager on the battlefield, exactly. and they played a Selhoff and Tumor, the one three that I can loot. Yeah, I don't either. I there was an there was an article by Alec Nikolic that they put out recently saying that he's liked the card a little bit more, but I think that's just i i'm not i'm not into it but you know to each their own i suppose uh we're going to our attack step as they play a third chill wow. to the grave all right Neat. well they do open up the window for us to be able to resolve the innocent traveler that we have and i'm going to attack through now i think with both might as well yeah. let's yolo because we want this blood fountain to get online plus we do have an instant traveler that we have to play a follow-up through they do a double block with the sitch assistant and sell and tumor i don't mind that it's
1: fine
0: gets us through for three and get some of their board off and we're gonna play our instant traveler and pass the turn i i you know i i was kind of down on the card in our draft but right now it's looking pretty good considering we've already got three power of flying once this falconrath corbearer untaps and they are forced to sack the entomor but if any deck can keep up with pace of Instant traveler, the one three that beginning of your upkeep, any point may sacrifice a creature. If no one does, you transform it, turns into a three three that can become a five five. They control a human that has a flyer. If any deck can combat that well, it is the blue black deck. And man, that was a mouthful to explain. I'm not going to lie.
1: I would uh, tend to gris- agree for a little bit because the blue black deck has a certain amount of creatures they want to exploit, right? They want to keep having things to sacrifice so that they can have a more end. That's, when they sacrifice the Strong, that's one less card that they're going to be able to use as an exploit creature.
0: They are right now, with a trigger on the stack, bringing their Persistent Specimen back to use a Sack Fodder, I'm assuming here. In all honesty, if that's what they're using with their mana, I'm not too sad, especially because we got that Bloodbound that can bring back two of our creatures. So, you know, worse comes to worse, we, we've drawn now two lands in a row here. We'll play the Mountain, because it gets a little bit closer to Toxtral, we still have a Swamp, and we can loot away the swap with the blood token that we have. So, yeah, we're just going to, think, pass through the turn here and see if they want to continue to try to put up something, but we're stabilizing the board for what it's worth, life totals being 20 to 17.
1: Yeah, I think it's... I'm um, pretty well considering, like, how crazy that the Dimir deck can, can develop so quickly. And again, if they're using their mana just to constantly you know, uh, bring something back so that the Traveler doesn't uh, flip. I'm totally fine with that.
0: The other thing I'm considering too, considering how this game has been developing, they have a single Swamp. And I have a feeling that might be choking them on a few things, including like a Bleed Dry, plus the Persistent Specimen. It would not surprise me if that's what's going on here as they play their second Stitched Assistant. And the the exploit trigger on the Sack, I reckon they'll probably sack the Throng or sack nothing.
1: That's surprising.
0: And fascinating.
1: Okay.
0: Well, let's go ahead and get some of our equity with the Blood Fountain, getting our two creatures back, being Mind Leech Ghoul and Fearful Villager. We'll sack the Blood Token as well to get the swamp out of our hand in the graveyard, and hopefully drawing a little bit more gas. I'm guessing they don't have a way to interact with the flying that we have here, considering how the plays have shaped out. But if they continue to bring back that specimen to keep off the Innocent Traveler, that's fine as we draw a Blood Petal Celebrant with the Sacrifice of the Blood Token and they move to the upkeep and they continue to do their persistent oh. specimen trick. I, I don't mind. Totally great. Fully
1: totally tapped great. out,
0: so nice. So nice. This nice. also gives us now the right to start generating some Blood Tokens with Falconrath or Bear. I like it. And we can also now take this moment to play the Villager and get a pump off the Ridge Wolf. I'm willing to trade off pretty much anything they have just to continue to get their board down and put more pressure down on them. I Hopefully you're on the same plan, because I'm going to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and also because it is nighttime, um, it does come in as a 4-3, which is extra nice.
0: That's right, it is extra nice, as we're going to crack now with our 3-1 Flyer and the 3-2 Trampler. They are going to line up a block with their Wretched Throng, end up taking five points of damage here. And as much as I really want to uh, play a second spell, I think this fearsome werewolf, the four three Menace, is going to do quite a bit of work. Plus it gives us a little window to use the blood token to discard the swamp that we drew.
1: Yeah, I like that uh, plan and it's it's a problem for them. I mean, they were willing to double block for that werewolf so that it wouldn't come in and deal with that uh, going to Knight. And so hopefully they're going to be focusing on it a little bit more.
0: And Kat, this is kind of what I love about this format. That decision tree that we had to make is not small and Magic the Gathering is a game of decisions. And I think that was absolutely a, a really cool play and something we have to figure out. You have to know by playing this format enough. That's the kind of limited format that I like. Even though there's big bombs in the format, I get that. I kind of enjoyed what happened there.
1: I, I think so too. The blood tokens just add so much extra like decision process. Um, and there's, there's a lot of problems for opponent to have to, to handle um, so they have to prioritize, you know, which is the most annoying to my specific deck.
0: Well, they're going to go with a Grizzly Ritual on the Innocent Traveler. Well, they'll make some Blood Tokens. Clearly, they're looking for something, I feel. they're. I, this feels like a, they need the Blood Tokens type situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll we'll say goodbye to the Innocent Traveler, as we still have on the board a 4-3 Menace and a 3-1 Flyer. Granted, the 4-3 will be pretty easily double blocked in this situation, we could potentially just like not attack into it and just try to develop our board more. How, how do you feel about this coming attack?
1: I think I'm okay. Um, I I don't know if I would attack here. Um, oh, never mind. I would. I would use. I would use the fangs and I would attack.
0: Well, we drew Gift of Fangs off of the Blood Token that we sacrificed and a Ceremonial Knife to Boots. We have to be careful of the double spell, but I think I'm willing to let it transform for now to get this turn to develop our board. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, so we'll Gift to Fangs, the Stitch Assistant, removing one of their blockers and allows us to crack in now for seven. They're at 12, we're at 20. This is a, a decent enough place right now for us to be and we can play two creatures on our turn and force them again to have to play at least a spell on their turn or else it's going to transform back. Uh, yeah, Mind Leech Ghoul comes down. How do you feel about uh, sacking potentially? I was thinking about sacking the, the Forebear, but I think it's just better to get some creatures on the board right now.
1: Yeah, I think I'm fine with just declining. I mean, it's just a just a little bear, and um, you know we can play as many cards in our hand. It'll transform, but it also uh, will have a really good um, option to play the knife for the Falcon Wrath and even hit in for four in the air.
0: I'm definitely one to get caught up in fancy play syndrome, and I really wanted a line to be Celebrant, sack Celebrant, exile card in their hand, get a second blood token. And then have protection for forebearer but that really felt a little bit like fancy play syndrome to me so i decided to have a little restraint even though i'm not one known for restraint
1: and and i like that there was as we talked about there's multiple plays so we could have on the knife um equip it to something but i like getting those two creatures out here just to make sure you know they're at five life put a little bit of pressure on they have to be have an answer to these um because right now they're at a big problem especially because that um skeleton comes in tapped
0: their board is simply a selhoff and tumor they have three hidden cards in hand and they play a repository scab not a bad card to get they are going to sacrifice the tumor i reckon they're going to get a chill to the grave back here which is going to keep them somewhat alive yeah they so they do get the chill to the grave back but with our ceremonial knife we do get to continue to put down pressure You know, as they say, the Umazawa of the format, Ceremonial Knife, gonna do some action here, as we draw a Sure Strike.
1: Okay, well, that's That's game. Uh... It
0: it feels really good when your 23rd card wins you the game. (laughs) Like, that feels really good. So we'll go to the red zone, attack with everything, and I can't imagine a single blue or black card in this format that will save them in this situation, as we are gonna put them presumably to one, but we are going to sure strike an unblocked creature and it shall give us the victory here. They'll block a Mind Leech pool and hope, hoping for the explosion. Wow, that, not gonna lie, that was not an expected result with the way that the Demir deck came out against our Red Black Vampires deck, but persistence and I guess a little bit of luck. Got us the victory here in the Unlucky Lounge.
1: That was pretty lucky to me.
0: (laughs) Sometimes our namesake gets to be flipped just a little bit. Uh, But, you know, I just heard Borak a second ago, he was roaring saying that apparently Bear Bingo is ready for action. I guess we've got ourselves 75 numbers and a lot of fur to play. But before we get to that, I have to say, Kat, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Where can my listeners find all of your great stuff online?
1: Sure. Um, so I am a you know Twitch partner. I play Arena Daily from 12 to 5 EST on twitch.tv slash Livinius. You can also find uh, my cosplay work and my commentating work on my Twitter and Instagram, both slash Livinius.
0: Her links will be in the show notes for ease of all my listeners to find. But let's grab another drink and let's go do some pair bingo. What do you say, Kat?
1: Sounds like a plan.
0: Whew, what a deck and what a game, Borak. A teeter-totter of an experience and another W here for the Unlucky Lounge at Friday Night Podcast. Yeah, she really was great. And who knew that you could be... That good at a game of bear bingo. Yeah, three games in a row seems pretty improbable. But just like Han Solo, never tell her the odds. Find her under Lady Lavinius on those socials, on her Twitch and her Twitter. Find us Draft and Draft Corey on all of those social media platforms, and take a second to rate us, like us, subscribe. It truly does help us out here in the unlucky lounge well friends it looks like i've found the bottom of my drink and so we've reached the end of another episode my name is cory joined alongside borak and this has been draft and draft now go out there and make some magical memories of your own